0: Chapter 13. But what of Mr. McNulty? You're probably wondering. Well, his dislike of his neighbors was turning to angry bafflement. What on earth was going on in there? It was hard to keep up. After that strange week of nighttime outings and mud covered returns, things had seemed to return to normal. If anything was ever normal next door. But then the noises started, bumps and crashes as if something or someone big and heavy was doing handstands against the wall, and there were strange high-pitched whistles and squeaks. A budgie? Two budgies? Sixteen? Mr McNulty didn't know, but he hardly slept wondering about it all. There was the water-squirting incident, and on another occasion, someone kept throwing grapes at him while he was hanging out his washing. Unbeknown to the Bulls, Mr Mcnulty now spent most of his time spying on them. An old man seemed to be living with them now. And an old man dressed like a teenager and enjoyed wheeling a doll's pram around. And what was that strange thing inside the pram? A talking doll? A glove puppet? He couldn't make it up. Mr Mcnulty used to watch the television a lot, but he didn't anymore. There was a whole soap opera going on right next door that was far more interesting. He'd vowed not to speak to any of the Bolds ever again, which was a shame in a way because it prevented him from knocking on the door and having a jolly good row with Mr. Bold, which he used to enjoy. Yet, he was intrigued by the whole household and their particular behavior, or peculiar behavior. Were they hippies, mad people, aliens from another planet, or, as he'd always suspected, animals? Sometimes he wished he had someone to moan about the bolts too. Someone who would understand how terribly annoying they were. But he didn't. There'd never been a Mrs. McNumpty and there never would be. As far as relatives or friends, there simply weren't any. Mr. McNumpty kept to himself, Mm -hmm. to himself. Then one day something terrible happened. Mr. McDumpty was on his way home from his usual weekly shop at the supermarket. Six apples, three bananas, a chicken pie, two tins of sardines, a huge jar of honey, a loaf of bread, lamb chops, a nice bit of fish, some vegetables, a jumbo packet of toilet rolls, a bottle of dry sherry and a bar of chocolate when disaster struck. His sturdy shopping bag, which had served him well for many years, indeed proclaimed itself to be a bag for life, suddenly gave way along its seams and fell apart. Mr McNumpty's precious purchases fell to the ground. Apples rolled into the gutter, tins under parked cars, bread, vegetables, chocolate, chops, everything sprawled across the pavement. Mr McNumpty stood helplessly, rooted to the spot, unsure what to rescue first. But a gang of six or seven, surely bored youths with unnecessarily short haircuts, who had been sitting on a wall smoking, spotted him. They jeered at his distress and leapt off the wall, sauntered towards him, kicking his chopping items around as they laughed carelessly, delighted to have something to amuse themselves with. Clear off, said Mr. Macnulty. That's my shopping. I'll give you boys a good kicking if I catch you. But they telling to massive as the youths were called, took no notice and, hoarse with laughter, took great delight in viciously squashing Mr McNumpty's vegetables and stamping on his, granary, on his granary loaf. They opened his sherry and began swigging it, passing it from one to another as they dodged the now furious Mr McNumpty, who, red in the face and wheezingly noiselessly, ran in circles trying to help the agile youngsters. ''Help! Police!'' cried Mr McNumpty, standing helplessly amongst the marauding boys still clutching his broken shopping bag. Finally, he caught one boy who had paused to guzzle the sherry and gave him a hefty kick on the shin. Give that bottle back, Mr McNumpty demanded breathlessly. Oh yeah, said the spotty oink, limping backwards. He tossed the half-empty bottle to one of his mates and then lunged forward and pushed Mr McNumpty to the ground. The atmosphere suddenly became very charged and serious. The youth's face was twisted with hatred and danger and hung in the air like mist. What now, old man? The young thug spat. Just then, as it happened, Tony, who was having his daily outing with Miranda in Jell's Pram, turned the corner of Fairfield Road and was confronted with a chaotic scene. Shopping was scattered all over the pavement and the angry mob was closing in on Mr McNumpty, who was now frozen in fear on the pavement. Animals have instinctive reaction to evil, without pausing to think of the consequences. Tony abandoned the pram and, with high blood-curling war cry and an energy he hadn't displayed for many years, bounded on all fours towards the boys, threatening Mr. McNumpty. threatening Mr. McNum- "You brutes!" he roared in animal language. The gang scattered in terror, but Tony was too quick for them. His eyes, glinting miraculously, drew hanging from his snarling jaws and he snapped and sprinting wind and sunk his teeth into the boys' quivering rump. There was, a low, there was a rip of cheap denim, the spotty youth, howled in pain and fear and ran for his life squawking like a parrot. Tony then turned his attention to the other boys, who scattered in all directions like sparks from a firework. Drama over, Tony sat panting on the pavement for a few seconds, then noticing Mr McNumpty staring at him with a mixture of disbelief and gratitude. He attempted to assume a more human-like demeanour. He cleared his throat, brushed himself down, then shuffled awkwardly back to the pram and hoisted himself up again onto his back legs. Miranda, meanwhile, had collected what was left of Mr McNumpty's shopping and piled it into a now-empty pram. "'No worry, Mr McNumpty,' she said in her falsetto squeal. "'We saved your shopping.' Mr. Mcumpty stood in silence. He was in shock. So much had happened in the last two minutes, he didn't know what he thought anymore. One minute, he'd been walking home with his shopping, then all hell had broken loose, and now the people had thought he'd loathed and suddenly became his heroes. But who or what was the old man? Could he really be? Much to his surprise, Mr. Mcumpty's eyes filled with tears, and he began to sob. I, I, he tried to speak. Them nasty boys interrupted Miranda as she climbed back into the pram, perching on top of his battered shopping. We'd get you home now. Nice cup of tea.